The Green Bay Packers get a new punter and make a trade. But who on the roster bubble is going to make the team with one preseason game to go? We'll ask Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're talking about the final preseason game and the roster battles that are coming down to the very wire. And to do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone today. Expert interview. We have Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us as he does every Wednesday. Nathan, how you doing today? Good morning, Brian. Doing well as always. How about you? Very good. Very good. Thank you very much. Um, Nathan, we're going to talk a lot about players on the roster bubble, but before we do that, I'm interested in getting your thoughts on Laurenti McRae and the trade with the Buffalo Bills. Based on McRae's play this preseason, do you think the Packers were justified in trading him? Yeah, I think the Packers were definitely justified in trading him and are it's good that they were able to make a trade rather than just having to cut him. But uh, just looking at the numbers games, the Packers have Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers who barely played in the preseason. And then I think Nick Perry, Dayton Jones, Jay Elliott, and uh, Tyler Fackrell have all outplayed McRae this preseason. So uh, some 3-4 teams only end up keeping four 3-4 outside linebackers. I just listed six that they were likely to keep above McRae. So um, it makes sense that he is the one to go. Um, he had a few bad plays this preseason, including a missed tackle, uh, some poor run defense, and uh, some penalties in there. Um, didn't have enough good to counteract that. So uh, typically in this kind of situation, McCray is someone who would have just gotten cut. So the fact that the Packers were able to pull off a trade for him at this point is probably a win for the Packers. Yeah, definitely a number game there for uh, McRae getting cut. Maybe he could have helped on special teams, but even that is kind of in question as well. All right, Nathan, let's talk about these guys who are still on the roster and uh, some guys on the fence, so to speak. Uh, Now that John Crockett has been placed on injured reserve, I think there's some extra attention on Brandon Burks as potentially being the third string running back. Do you think he's earned that role? I definitely think so to this point. He's graded out as our fourth best running back so far this preseason. And we don't adjust for opponent or anything, so it just means he's been really good against the players he's gone against. But that's still definitely more impressive than the other Packers running backs have been this preseason. Uh, He's averaged 4.7 yards per carry. And typically, if you see someone with that high of a yards per carry, it's inflated by one or two really long runs. But Burke's long has only been... been 19 yards so uh, he's been consistently doing a good job of gaining yards getting yards after contact so uh, he hasn't contributed too much in the past to this point 
but it's only been three preseason games. So um, while I wouldn't be overly surprised if the Packers went and found a different running back off someone's waiver wire just because there's so many uh, decent running backs out there, but uh, compared to the other running backs on the Packers roster, I definitely think he's earned that third role. Yeah, he's done a good job as an undrafted rookie, that's for sure. And uh, speaking of other injuries here, as we just talked about Sean Crockett, now after both Kennard Backman and Mitchell Henry were placed on injured reserve, it's looking like Justin Perillo is in line for the third tight end job. Uh, how has he graded out this preseason? Uh, he's graded out fine, very close to average, so nothing overly special. Uh, he's caught all seven passes thrown his way, which, of course, it's good to not have a drop, but uh, most of them have been short catches. He hasn't done all that much after the catch. And then his run blocking hasn't been all that good, but the same could be said for guys like Richard Rogers and Casey Pierce. So um, it hasn't been enough to make you think he'll continue to try working his way up the Packers' depth chart but it also hasn't been so bad that you think that he definitely needs to be replaced. So um, he's probably the best option the Packers have and not too much special or bad to say about him. Yeah, perhaps the best thing you could say about him is his hands. I'm not sure if we've seen him drop a pass in, in three years now with the Packers just getting the third year underway. Um, let's move to wide receiver, Nathan. The Packers, uh, position is so crowded. I've wondered if the Packers happen to release Geronimo Allison, um, and that he'll be claimed by another team. Do you think he's worthy of being on some team's 53 man roster, whether with the Packers or not? I don't think he'll end up on a 53 man roster this year. Uh, he obviously had that great catch uh, near the end of that 49ers game on third and 20 which made us notice him and probably why we're talking about him. But outside of that one play, he hasn't done all that much this preseason. A couple of short catches here and there have gained some yards after the catch, but that's more uh, him having space after the catch rather than him making guys miss. Uh, outside of that, he does have a drop pass, a couple of poor plays and run blocking. So um, while he's done enough to make us notice him, I don't think uh, he's done enough to make uh, either the Packers or another 53-man roster, but he certainly helped his chances of ending up on a practice squad in the near future. I'm just wondering this, and I'm just throwing that out there. I wonder to an extent how much the Packers are purposely keeping him under wraps, maybe not being a huge part of the team's game plans in the preseason to maybe you know, slide him into their practice squad and nobody claiming. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know to what extent they're they're thinking that yeah, far ahead. Possibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Nathan. I, I personally think offensive lineman Lane Taylor will make the Packers roster, but I know others I've seen in the media speculate him about being on the bubble. How would you say he's performed this preseason? Wayne Taylor hasn't had the best preseason, but I think that can be said for most of the Packers' backup offensive linemen this year. Uh, the problem has been mostly his pass protection, where even though he hasn't given up a sack or a hit yet, uh, he's given up eight hurries, so he's fairly consistently been giving up pressure, which isn't a good sign. Um, in the run game, he's had some nice blocks, especially going to the second level and blocking some linebackers. But in that last game alone, he's allowed or he had three times where the guy he was blocking ended up making a good tackle. So um, if Josh Walker had landed on injured reserve, I would say Walker would probably be the top uh, interior backup lineman. But with him on IR, I 
think it's fair to say Taylor's on the bubble, but I would probably personally keep Taylor over either Don Barclay or Lucas Kessrick, both of whom have looked a bit worse at run blocking. We're talking to Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Nathan, on the Packers' defensive line, I tend to think, you know, guys like Mike Daniels, LaTroy Guyon, Kenny Clark, and Dean Lowry are all locks to make the roster. But if they were to keep a fifth defensive lineman, who do you think that fifth would be? Um, First off, I think Mike Bunnell would be that guy, but since he's suspended for those first four games I won't include him but if they keep a pick outside of that um, I would go with Christian Ringo Uh, he's had two sacks and two stops in the run game this preseason Uh, he hasn't done all that much outside of those four plays but outside of a holding penalty but uh, including what he did in college as well uh, I really like what I've seen out of Ringo Um, Brian Price has done a fine job to this preseason but he doesn't offer as much as in the pass rush game as Ringo does. Um, It wouldn't be terribly surprising to me to see the Packers just keep four linemen since worst-case scenario in a game you have one or two players get hurt and then Dayton Jones, who has plenty of experience at 3-4 defensive end, could just move back there. But if the Packers were to keep a fifth, I think it would be Ringo. Yeah, I I tend to be right there with you in terms of the Packers potentially keeping just four. I I definitely could see that happening. And, And, you know, Peppers being an inside rusher as well. Kind of helps out there in that regard. Um, speaking of linebackers, though, if you if you had to choose between Carl Bradford and Joe Thomas for a roster spot, who would it be? And I, I know this isn't a cut and dry thing. They could keep both, but if you had to pick, who would it be? It's a little bit of a difficult one, but I think I'd go with Carl Bradford. Uh, for most of these guys, it's been more who I think the better player is, but here I think uh, the Packers could more use Bradford than they could potentially use Thomas because I would say Bradford's a better player against the run where Thomas is a better player in coverage. But I think the Packers could use more of a guy in, against the run. Uh, Blake Martinez this preseason has rated better in coverage than against the run. Uh, Sam Barrington in 2014, when he had all that playing time, looked a bit better in coverage against the run. So I think while Thomas does a fine job failing that dime linebacker role, that's something that both Martinez and Barrington could fill. Um, the Packers need two linebackers in the base defense. So while I don't think Bradford necessarily starts there to start the year, if someone were to get hurt, they could use Bradford in the run in the base defense where either Martinez or Barrington gets hurt. They could use the other one in coverage in the dime linebacker situation. Very interesting battle there at inside linebacker. Last question, Nathan. Uh, more and more or less the same question between cornerbacks Josh Hawkins and Robertson Daniel this preseason. Who's paid better between the two? Uh, it's been extremely close just looking at the preseason. They have identical grades against the run. Uh, Daniel has allowed three catches for 32 yards, has a face mask penalty, but one of those catches that he allowed, he made the tackle right away. So it was a stop for the defense. So it was a good play for him, even though he allowed the catch. Uh, Hawkins just two catches allowed for 22 yards, uh, has the interception, but also has a missed tackle in there. Um, if I gave someone the edge, I'd give it to Hawkins just because of that interception. But it's been extremely close over the preseason game. And it's worth saying with all of this is I haven't been going to every practice, so I'm just facing this almost entirely on the preseason. And I think this battle, more than any of the other ones, 
will probably have been decided more on how they played in practice more so than how they played in the preseason. Very good point and interesting battles all over the roster. Thank you, Nathan, for joining us uh, today uh, so much. Uh, we'll talk to you next week about the last preseason game and looking forward to the season opener, all right? All right. Oh, that sounds good. Have a good one. Thank you. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here as he does every Wednesday on the show. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as well as we continue on. Packers news of the day. There we go. Uh, all right. Uh, lots of news to get to here in the past few days. The Packers make a change at the punter position and start by releasing hometown boy Peter Mortel, one of six players released back on Monday. And just to quickly run through them, the Packers parted ways with wide receivers Jamel Johnson and Ed Williams. Defensive lineman Demetrius Anderson, cornerback Randall Jett, and linebacker Derek Matthews. Uh, but more to the point here, I wish the best of luck to Peter Mortel, who is a good story as someone with family ties to the Packers organization. And I thought he progressed nicely as training camp went along, but he just didn't have the hang time necessary for the NFL, or at, at least didn't at this point. Hopefully he can get there because the distance from Mortel is good. Now he's just got to allow the coverage to catch up to his points. So we wish him the best of luck. Then the Packers on Tuesday made an additional move, claiming former Tampa Bay Buccaneers punter Jacob Schum on waivers. And when they had to make room, they released longtime veteran Tim Maste. Uh, he of a six-year career with the Green Bay Packers thus far. Uh, Schum punted for the Bucks all last season and did an adequate job based on his statistics, but lost out on the gig this training camp. Uh, so in essence, the Packers basically get a one-game tryout for Schum, who will play in the preseason finale on Thursday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if they don't like what they see, this doesn't necessarily preclude the Packers from making another move after final roster cuts, you know, picking up another punter that was, uh, uh, you know, part of the final cutdowns. But you have to assume Shum is the man for the time being. Uh, I admit it, I I'm mildly surprised. Tim Maste, while not being the best punter, he is a known quantity <laughs> this, after all, is the guy who holds the franchise records for both gross and net punting average. <laughs> so, in other words, Tim Maste is the best punter the Packers have ever seen, ever, even if he's just average relative to his peers in the NFL. He's also someone very comfortable as being the team's place kick holder, and he's someone with a Super Bowl ring to his name. And for that, thank you, Tim Maste. Your contributions to a Super Bowl title won't be forgotten. So, you know, the, the one positive thing I can say about this move is that the Packers saved some salary cap space uh, in that, that they can carry it over to next season or they can extend another player's contract this season and have a little bit extra money. 
Uh, the only thing they have to pay Maste for is the prorated portion of his signing bonus, which is pretty modest. Shum definitely saves them some money. Uh, now he's got to outperform Maste for this to be worthwhile. So there you go. There's your thoughts on the Packers punting situation. Surprised, but I mean... He, Tim Maste wasn't the greatest punter in the NFL either. Uh, there's been some highs, there's been some lows, and there's been just a lot of in-between, just average punting. Um, so the Packers going to try to get better and hope it works out better than the last time the Packers parted ways with a guy like John Ryan, who went on to do better in the NFL uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. Where Tim Maste ends up, you never know. Who knows? I mean, they if they don't like Jacob Schum, they could bring Tim Maste back on a lower contract as well. I mean, this isn't out of the realm of possibility, although I would call it unlikely. All right, another news that we talked about uh, with uh, Nathan Yankee. The Packers also made a trade on Tuesday, sending linebacker Laurenti McRae to the Buffalo Bills for reportedly a conditional draft pick in 2018. Yes, I can't imagine the Packers are getting uh, what the Packers are getting is is very much, and it comes two years down the road. But with their depth, that outside linebacker, uh, that was more than adequate. And McRae didn't seem to offer anything on special teams that guys like J. Roan Elliott and Kyler Fackrell can't do. So, so I guess this is a case of better to get something than nothing. And so happy trails to Laurenti McRae. Uh, you certainly gave it a good effort. And, uh, it, you know, the Packers just had a lot of depth there at the outside linebacker position. So for a for a very modest signing bonus that the Packers had to invest into McRae, uh, I think it was worth it to potentially get a draft pick in return. You know, I'm sure that there's conditions based upon he would have to make the roster or something like that and you know the Packers don't get the pick until 2018 but better than nothing I suppose rather than just cutting him and and getting nothing anyway Uh, all right so this trade was just one of several roster moves the Packers made on Tuesday in addition to releasing Harvey Binford a wide receiver The Packers place several players on injury reserve, several of which may receive injury settlements, although they don't have to. The Packers could keep these guys on IR the entire season, or they could be the guy to come off IR at midseason. First is running back John Crockett, who hurt his shoulder in the final or the, the, the last preseason game, the third one. Um, against the San Francisco 49ers and reports from, I believe, both ESPN.com and the Green Bay Press Gazette indicated he would be out at least a month and maybe two months. So, you know, it makes sense that the Packers placed him on injured reserve. Uh, it's too bad. You know, I've, I've kind of soured a little bit on John Crockett after this year's preseason in which he's gotten extensive work. Uh, you know, the most carries of any Packers running back on the team. So I think I saw more of them this year than I have any other year this far. And, and you know, I'm. it's not like John Crockett's the worst running back in the world, but 
I, as of the last week or so, and as of the last preseason game, leaning more and more towards Brandon Burks being the guy who I think had the upper hand. I wasn't ready to anoint him after one preseason game, knowing that I wanted, you know, Brandon Burks impressed from game one, but I wanted to see it, you know, over the course of a few games. And he did do that, uh, you know, because, you know, admittedly, the the past few weeks I've been more of a Crockett guy, but it was becoming less and less so. Um, so uh, what the Packers decide here to do with John Crockett, not really sure whether they, you know, come to an injury settlement and eventually sign him back to the practice squad or just keep him out keep him on IR for the whole year. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Brandon Burks has the leg up on that third running back job. Uh, it's just a matter of whether they keep him on the 53-man roster now, and we'll see. Uh, he'll he'll get a very good workload in the final preseason game. So uh, he, he could be getting a, a heavy, lots and lots of carries. So that'll be an important performance for him. All right, uh, elsewhere on the Packers offense, both tight ends, Kennard Backman and Mitchell Henry, were also placed on injured reserve. Not really surprising for Mitchell Henry, who had broke that finger and just didn't really do anything notable this training camp, uh, which is unfortunate. I was was bigger on him a year ago, but never really lived up to the hype this year. Uh, Kennard Backman's an interesting one in that the Packers kind of I mean, I'm not sure whether they're giving up on him or not. You know, they they tend to really give the benefit of the doubt to their draft choices for quite a long time, him being a six-round draft choice a year ago. And sixth-rounder is is not like a first or second. Uh, But, uh, you know, the word with with Backman, which kind of came out yesterday, surprisingly, we hadn't... I hadn't heard this prior to yesterday. He's got problems with both the hamstring and the knees. He apparently hurt his hamstring in the last preseason game against the 49ers, and he's apparently been battling knee injuries and going to have a scope on his knee, which, you know, a scope is rather minor, but, you know, that could just set him back, you know, a little bit here. Um, So uh, whether the Packers keep him on injured reserve for the entire year kind of remains to be seen. Could be one of those things. He could be the guy to come off later in the year as well, especially if they were to ever suffer a an injury at tight end down the road and knock on wood that they don't. Um, But yeah, so the tight end position a little bit in flux for the time being. And that opens up the door for a guy like Casey Pierce to get a lot of playing time in the the final preseason game. We We haven't seen a ton from him this preseason, but I have a feeling we're about to uh, on Thursday. Uh, The one other notable, um, player being placed on injured reserve was offensive lineman Josh Walker who tore his MCL and MCLs are interesting in that you know sometimes they can players can come back rather quick we've seen Brian Balaga for instance another offensive lineman tear an MCL miss one week and be back the next Uh, but other times it could take closer to a month So it's unfortunate the timing wasn't exactly very good for Josh Walker, uh, but seeing, you know, he really maybe might not be available to play the first few weeks of the regular season, I can't say I'm surprised. It's disappointing because 
with Josh Walker, I would be I would have been more inclined the Packers keep him rather than a guy like Don Barclay. I, I know they play different positions and that Walker doesn't play center and Barclay does, and that's what gives Barclay the upper hand here. Um but I just think, you know, Walker's a better offensive lineman in general than Don Barclay is, and I would have liked to have seen the Packers kept him around. Um, but they're not going to be afforded that luxury. So again, here's another case of the Packers. Are they going to place him on injury reserve for the whole year, or are they going to come to an injury settlement with him? Not really sure. We kind of wait and see with all these guys so far uh, to see what happens. And and finally, uh, fellow offensive lineman Jacob Flores, the rookie, being placed on injured reserve as well. He hasn't played the entire preseason, so... uh, uh, almost certainly an, an injury settlement coming there. Um, so there you go. Some some interesting developments on the injury fun, front with the Green Bay Packers. All right. Uh, in other news, those returning to practice this week. So some good news here. Uh, they included, first of all, fullback Aaron Ripkowski, which was just nice to see after he missed the last preseason game. Uh, but it looks like he'll be back. And a particularly notable addition, wide receiver Jeff Janis with a club cast. (laughs) Prior to this week, I was easily leaning towards Janis starting the season on injured reserve. (laughs) I thought he was the guy who was going to be their injured reserve designation to come off at midseason. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Uh, and this goes to show how valuable Jeff Janis is on special teams. Uh, now, first of all, I, I think everyone needs to come to grips that Jeff Janis is not going to be an integral part of the receiving game, at least not right away. You know, I can't imagine the Packers putting him in a situation during a regular season game where that that hand is still not fully healed and they have to trust him to go out there and catch passes. I I cannot see that until later in the season at the earliest. And even by then, he may fall too far behind. Guys like Ty Montgomery, Jared Aberderis, other options the Packers have. Uh, So that's that's unfortunate for Jeff Janis. But uh, there is no reason he can't cover kicks, even with a club cast. Uh, so kicks and punts I'm talking about, he can be out there, uh, as early as week one doing that. And you know what? Uh, he's still be able to return kicks as well. I'm not sure if he's wearing a club, I'm not sure if he can return kicks, but if he's wearing more of a splint or he's just taped out there and, and obviously we're talking about more so week one of the regular season. If he's just got a splint and and he's got use at least of some of the other fingers uh, on his hand, you know, I think you can you can return kicks because those, you know, the, those you kind of haul in against the body. And, and you know what? Just kind of a, a side note here. Go watch the press conference, the the me, the meeting with the media with Aaron Rodgers this week. It's at Packers.com. You can watch it. And he talks about Jeff Janis and jokes with him about him being a body catcher. 
And I'll tell you what, folks, this is the most interesting comment. If you want to read into comments, from, a lot of times people tend to do this quite a bit. They like reading into the comments by Aaron Rodgers, kind of reading the tea leaves. And this comment said a whole lot about Jeff Janis. You want to know why the Packers for years, for two years prior to this, have been hesitant to put Jeff Janis out on the field? It's because of this them joking about him being a body catcher. And it's, it's you know, and while they're joking about it, there's definitely a bit of truth to it in that, you know, I've seen it a little bit, but I'm not there every practice for the Packers. Uh, I've seen it occasionally in, on TV and games um, or in the, the family night or things like that where he tends to catch with his body and you just can't do that if you're a wide receiver in the NFL. And that's why they're hesitant uh, about Jeff Janis, why they're, you know, uh, afraid to put him out there on the field, why Aaron Rodgers may be hesitant to go to him. Uh, this more so than any other reason. I, I'm sure just from a knowledge standpoint, it was a little bit uh, of a learning curve in the beginning coming from a, a D2 school to the NFL. Um, but I think that could have been overcome after his rookie year. Uh, but that that really, the body catching, this is why. Everybody out there wondering why. Why is Jeff Janis not getting more playing time? If you're wondering that in the past, any time over the past year, this is why. Right there. You've got your proof of it now. Um, and I know that's... that's for people who aren't at practice every day. And you know what? Uh, not blaming the media, even they're not during the regular season. The Packers only allow the media to watch uh, uh, watch practice for a few minutes during the regular season, basically to take attendance more than anything. And that is just about it. So uh, I think behind closed doors, you're seeing Jeff Janis do a lot of body catching and that's something he's got to fix. And I'm sure he's tried very hard to do it. Uh, but there you go. I mean, that is why he has not received the playing time you and many people thought he deserved to over the years. Um, last segment of the show. The day ahead. All right. The final training camp practice of 2016 technically takes place on Wednesday today, although it's held behind closed doors, as is typical the day before a game. So like I warned last episode, there will be no more practices open to the public until 2017. Um, so while there's no practice, however, there is one notable event happening in Green Bay on Wednesday, and that's the opening of a brand new exhibit on Brett Favre in the Packers Hall of Fame, according to the Green Bay Press-Gazette. It includes highlights and displays on the man recently inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and is accessible to anyone with a ticket to the, the team's Hall of Fame. So enjoy that if you're interested. Like I said, it debuts, it opens on Wednesday for the very first time uh, in addition to all the regular exhibits in the team's Hall of Fame as well. Other than that, we wait for Thursday's preseason finale and the last opportunity for those guys on the roster bubble to make a statement. 
So enjoy the game on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday, 7 o'clock p.m. Central start time. You can watch it in all the usual places, a uh, regional network uh, event. This one's not going to be televised nationwide, but it is televised in parts of seven states across the nation. So uh, there is a good chance if you live in the Midwest, you'll be able to watch it on a local affiliate um, or listen to it on the Packers radio network, which spans five states, I believe, um, or stream it online with a subscription to NFL Game Pass. So Still plenty of ways to catch the action. So enjoy that. We'll break it down. And in fact, folks, right here, we've got a special edition of Railbird Central happening Thursday night right after the game ends. I'm going to be joined by Scott McKenna for a special edition of Railbird Central Thursday night at like, we're talking like 10 p.m. We're going to do a roster prediction episode. Um, so kind of something special for you. And I want to do this for a couple reasons. First of all, there's going to be no episode of Railbird Central on, on Labor Day. I'm taking the day off. So, uh, this is kind of, uh, an opportunity for you to get an extra episode in. And we're still going to have our regularly scheduled episode Friday morning, um, in which we're going to have Bill Bender of, of the Sporting News join us. And that's going to be a special college football themed episode of the uh, Railbird Central podcast focusing on the Wisconsin-LSU game held at Lambeau Field. Uh, so some really exciting things coming up here on Railbird Central the end of this week. So um, so looking forward to that. Uh, next, like I said, next time, Thursday night, special roster prediction episode. We're going to go through the whole roster position by position and predict who we think will stick around. So stay tuned for that. Uh, that'll do it, folks. My call to action is always as usual. If you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. Uh, so if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes and search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us that five-star rating and a brief little review. Um because it helps us get word out about the show. And uh, uh, that's what I want. And I hope you can think back to when you found Railbird Central and been like, oh, man, I wish I found this before. Um, so thank you uh, if you've done that already. We'll see you, folks. We'll see you on Thursday night. I leave you today with a song called Best Feeling by Keller Williams and the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.